0: Episode 55. Harry would have been looking forward to seeing Hagrid under normal circumstances, but care of magical creatures meant seeing the Slytherins, too. The first time he would come face-to-face with them since becoming champion. Predictably, Malfoy arrived at Hagrid's cabin with his familiar sneer firmly in place. Ah, look, boys, it's the champion, he said to Crab and Goyle the moment he got within earshot of Harry. Got your autograph books? "'Better get a signature now, because I doubt he's going to be around much longer. "'Half the Triwizard champions have died. "'How long do you reckon you're going to last, Potter? Ten minutes into the first tasks, my bad.'" Crab and Goyle guffawed psychophantically. But Malfoy had to stop there, because Hagrid emerged from the back of his cabin— holding a teetering tower of crates, each containing a very large, blast-ended scroot. To the class's horror, Hagrid proceeded to explain that the reason the scroots had been killing each other was an excess of pent-up energy, and that the solution would be for each of the class to fix a leash on a scroot and take it for a short walk. The only good thing about this plan was that it distracted Malfoy completely. Take this thing for a walk, he repeated in disgust, staring into one of the boxes. And where exactly are we supposed to fix the leash? Around the sting, the blasting and or the sucker? In the middle, said Hagrid, demonstrating. Uh, you might want to put on your dragon hide gloves just as an extra precaution, like Harry you come here and help me with this big one. Hagrid's real intention, however, was to talk to Harry away from the rest of the class. He waited until everyone else had set off with their scroots. Then he turned to Harry and said very seriously, so you're competing, Harry, in the tournament, school champion. One of the champions, Harry corrected him. Hagrid's beetle-black eyes looked very anxious under his wild eyebrows. No idea who put you in for it, Harry? You believe I didn't do it then, said Harry, concealing with difficulty the rush of gratitude he felt at Hagrid's words. course I do, Hagrid grunted. You say it wasn't you and I believe you. And Dumbledore believes you and all. I wish I knew who did do it, said Harry bitterly. The pair of them looked out over the lawn. The class was widely scattered now and all in great difficulty the scroots were now over 3 feet long and extremely powerful no longer shellless and colourless they had developed a kind of thick grayish shiny armour they looked like a cross between giant scorpions and elongated crabs but still without recognisable heads or eyes They had become immensely strong and very hard to control. Look like they're having fun, don't they? Hagrid said happily. Harry assumed he was talking about the Scroots, because his classmates certainly weren't. Every now and then, with an alarming bang, one of the Scroots' ends would explode, causing it to shoot forward several yards. And more than one person was being dragged along on their stomach, trying desperately to get back on their feet. I don't know, Harry, Hagrid sighed suddenly, looking back down at him with a worried expression on his face. School champion, everything seems to happen to you, doesn't it? Harry didn't answer. Yes, everything did seem to happen to him. That was more or less what Hermione had said as they'd walked around the lake, and that was the reason, according to her, that Ron was no longer talking to him. The next few days were some of Harry's worst at Hogwarts. The closest he had ever come to feeling like this had been during those months in his second year when a large part of the school had suspected him of attacking his fellow students. But Ron had been on his side then. He thought he could have coped with the rest of the school's behavior if he could just have had Ron back as his friend but he wasn't going to try and persuade Ron to talk to him if Ron didn't want to. Nevertheless, it was lonely, with dislike pouring in on him from all sides. He could understand the Hufflepuff's attitudes, even if he didn't like it. They had their own champion to support, and he expected nothing less than vicious insults from the Slytherins. He was highly unpopular there and always had been, as. He had helped Gryffindor beat them so often, both at Quidditch and in the Interhouse Championship. But he had hoped the Ravenclaws might have found it in their hearts to support him as much as Cedric. He was wrong, however. Most Ravenclaws seemed to think that he had been desperate to earn himself a bit more fame by tricking the Goblet into accepting his name. And there was the fact that Cedric looked the part of a champion so much more than he did. Exceptionally handsome, with his straight nose, dark hair, and gray eyes. It was hard to say who was receiving more admiration these days, Cedric or Victor Crumb. Harry actually saw the same sixth-year girls who had been so keen to get Crumb's autograph begging Cedric to sign their school bags one lunchtime. Meanwhile, there was no reply from Sirius. Hedwig was refusing to come anywhere near him. Professor Trelawney was predicting his death with even more certainty than usual. And he did so Badly at summoning charms in Professor Flitwick's class that he was given extra homework, the only person to get any apart from Neville. It's really not that difficult, Harry, Hermione tried to reassure him as they left Flitwick's class. She had been making objects zoom across the room to her all lesson, as though she was some sort of weird magnet for board dusters, waste paper baskets, and lunoscopes, you just weren't concentrating properly. Wonder why that was, said Harry darkly, as Cedric Diggory walked past, surrounded by a large group of simpering girls, all of whom looked at Harry as though he was a particularly large blast ended scroot. Still, eh, never mind, eh? Double portions to look forward to this afternoon. Double potions was always a hard horrible experience. But these days, it was nothing short of torture. Being shut in a dungeon for an hour and a half with Snape and the Slytherins, all of whom seemed determined to punish Harry as much as possible for daring to become school champion, was about the most unpleasant thing Harry could imagine. He had already struggled through one Friday's worth, with Hermione sitting next to him intoning, ignore them, ignore them, ignore them, under her breath, and he couldn't see why today would be any better. When he and Hermione arrived outside Snape's dungeon after lunch, they found the Slytherins waiting outside, each and every one of them wearing a large badge on the front of his or her robes. For one wild moment, Harry thought they were spew badges. Then he saw that they all bore the same message in luminous red letters that burnt brightly in the dimly lit underground passage. Support Cedric Diggory, the real Hogwarts champion. Like them, Potter, said Malfoy loudly as Harry approached. And that isn't all they do. Look! He pressed the badge into his chest and the message upon it vanished to be replaced by another one which glowed green. Potter stinks. The Slytherins howled with laughter. Each of them pressed their badges too until the message Potter stinks was shining brightly all around Harry. He felt the heat rise in his face and neck. Oh, very funny! Hermione said sarcastically to Pensy Parkington and her gang of Slytherin girls, who were laughing harder than anyone. Really witty. Ron was standing against the wall with Dean and Seamus. He wasn't laughing, but he wasn't sticking up for Harry either. Want one, Granger? said Malfoy, holding out a badge to Hermione. I've got loads, but don't touch my hand now. I've just washed it, you see. Don't want a mudblood sliming it up.